0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is in shall be. This morning, I want to revert to an early practice we had in our church. And that was the priest preach, the, would the preach. preach sitting down, and the people would be standing or sitting. Well, you don't have to stand, but I'm going to sit. <laughs> um, I have a bad back, and I thought that this way. You won't see me collapse, at least not during the sermon, so. (laughs) Today is a very special day, all saints. And today we complete a journey that we started on March 6th. Do you remember what we did on March 6th? That was Forgiveness Sunday, the Sunday before we started Great Lent and on that Sunday we commemorated the expulsion of Adam and Eve from Paradise. Sundays of Lent when the grievances of Christ seemed to grow. People were unhappy. People were criticized. People were critical. And then we had that glorious entry into Jerusalem. Five days later we celebrated, commemorated the the crucifixion. And three days after that, the glorious resurrection, Pascha. We went to ascension, Last week we had Pentecost, the day we have all saints. Now why should I say this is the end of the journey? This is the end of the journey because sin separates us from God. However, in his love and mercy, God has done his best to do away with that separation. He sent his only begotten son to to reopen the doors of paradise for us this was the specific journey, the specific mission of Christ. With the coming of the Holy Spirit, it's not possible to attain the goal for which we were created, namely, namely, sainthood. You know, the Church, there's only one goal, one purpose to exist. There's only one reason, really, why you come to Church and support this Church. And that is because the Church it's the duty of producing saints in the old countries, it was easy to spot the saints and people could say oh yes good old father so and so and that point to his icon on the wall he was the grandfather of Pafnuti who's here today and he was a holy man and over here we have Saint Macrina oh father the stories that still circulate in this parish because of her. Sadly, that's not the case in America. We are very poor at producing saints, but that is our goal and our mission. Well, many people ask, what is sainthood? Is it wearing a white robe, long hair, and and, uh, walking on clouds? Well, many people think so. But that's not it at all. You know, most of our saints were martyrs. They suffered horribly. In today's epistle, we heard, we heard that some had trials of mockery and scourgings, of chains and imprisonments. They were sown, they were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were slain with a sword. They were destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world itself was not worthy. And this is what St. Paul writes about the Old Testamental saints, the holy people who preceded the coming of Christ. And the same is true for those who followed Christ as well. The icons, we see the saints as they are now in the kingdom of God, radiant, glowing with glowing with the inner light, happy to be where they are. They don't show broken bones, blisters on their feet, or any flayed skin. And this word holy that's very important. You know holy in, in English it's difficult because we have two different words for holy and saint in most European nations, most European languages Greek and in Russian and the Midi- Middle East the same word for holy is a word for saint a holy person is someone who is filled with the Holy Spirit who shows the fruits of the Spirit in his life what are these fruits of the Spirit? St. Paul gives us a list He says, the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. These are the fruits of of the Holy Spirit. These are the proof that the Holy Spirit dwells in a man. I have this image, you know, where it's one thing to dogmatize, but it's another thing to hold your own views which don't conflict with the dogmas of the church. And the vision I have is of, you know, the, the female with a pan scale? You know, at the pan scale, you put some weights on one side and then you put the commodity you want to purchase on the other and you can actually weigh and see how much um, you have. I envision it like this. On one side are the gifts God has given us. Because we all have gifts and talents. And on the other pan, the other side, we have the fruits of the spirit we produce. In other words, those who have been given many many talents, many gifts are expected to produce more fruit. And the fruit is the basis of our judgment. Have we been kind? Have we been peaceful? Have we been joyful? Have we been merciful? Have we been good? Have we been gentle? All those things matter so much. And that's why it's important that we begin, that we always practice those things. There's a personal path of holiness which is the same for all men. And it begins with our baptism, by which we've been separated for God. So, the saint is someone who's lived up to his baptismal calling. You know, the word holy, we have it in Agia Sophia Academy, uh, Agia. In Greek, they have the A privative, it negates the word that follows. So, theist, one who believes in God, atheist, one who doesn't, Gnostic, one who knows, agnostic, one who doesn't know. And so, in, in In agia, in the word for saint, we have the root for worldly. And agia means unworldly, unworldly, set aside from the earth. And that's what we're called to be as saints. You know, I tell my grandchildren on both coasts that to be a Christian means to be a bit of an oddball because we're not marching to the beat of the world we're following Jesus Christ. And the world will not understand and often we'll find ourselves uh, at odds with the world. Sometimes that's very good. We're given one command by God that we must love him above all others. In today's world, there's this notion that all love is equal. And as long as we're loving in a loving relationship, It doesn't matter about anything else. But Jesus tells us that we must love God above all. And he also says, if you love me, you will follow my commandments. That's why in today's gospel, we hear the Lord saying, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves anything in this world more than me is not worthy of me. Because God must command our first priority, our first obedience, and our first love. Achieving sainthood is never easy. The Lord says there'll be persecution and that self-denial is is required. All who desire to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will suffer persecution, Uh, St. Paul writes to Timothy. Well, except for Rosenberg in 2014, there's little overt persecution in the United States. But however, if we look at the Middle East, if we look at our Coptic brothers and sisters, if we look at what's going on in Armenia, what's going on in the East, what's going on in other parts of the world, Christians are being persecuted. Do you remember Goldenberg, Rosenberg? That's where that individual broke into the university class with a gun, held it to people's head and said, do you believe in Jesus Christ? And if they said yes, he shot them. And he killed, I think, about seven people, eight people. Some were so stunned they didn't know what to say, and he, he let them alone. But if they professed a faith in Christ, they were murdered. That's dreadful, and it's just wiped, wiped off the slate in our in our society. If this was an Orthodox country, we'd build a church to commemorate that event and to honor those saints who stood up for Christ. In a football league or any sports league the greatest rival of the best team is not the worst team it's the second best. And similarly in this life the greatest challenge to love Christ is not by love of something evil or wrong or down on the scale, it's the second best. But we're always called to give Christ the very best and to show him our total love. The fruits of the Spirit do not appear instantly. Fruit trees have many cycles of growth before the harvest. First come the blooms, and then a long period of growth after that before the harvest. And I say this not as a criticism, but it's something I've noticed, that often converts have a problem with this because they join the church full of joy and then they discover to their horror three weeks later that the old temptations are still there, that the old pitfalls are still there that the old things they hope to escape in baptism are still there. Because sainthood requires strength. It requires constant growth. If a harvest is to be plentiful, you have to go out, you have to hoe, you have to weed, you have to fertilize, you have to stake the plants, you have to sometimes spray insecticide or do something to keep the insects away. And so there's a lot of work before the harvest. And similarly with us, if anyone tells you that join this church and you'll have instant growth, instant salvation, forget it. Salvation is a process. And it requires our input, it requires our effort, it requires our constant struggle. But the good news is this, that Christ himself will give us strength Sometimes the greatest saints in our church have been the greatest sinners. But through repentance and through cooperating with the grace of God, they attain high levels. So that should strengthen and encourage all of us. None of us is hopeless. None. In fact, as we're told, none by never condemning and saying they're gone no we can change we can become holy we we can become united with God and so we need to deepen our relationship with Christ by prayer, obedience the Eucharist and service to others he is the vine and we are the fruit he who abides in me and I in him the Lord says he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Fruit is a life transformed by the Spirit into the image of Christ. We need to cooperate, in, incorporate the life of Christ in ourselves so that he's in our computers, our homes, our offices, and our businesses. All Saints follows Pentecost in order to show and demonstrate to us, remind us that the coming of the Holy Spirit is directly related to saints and sainthood. And that we're given the power now. We recognize the power we have to become saints. There's a very interesting fact. <clears throat> it's not up here, but as you enter the, the church, in the vestibule, you saw the icon of all saints. You know, all saints is one of the major feasts of the church. And most feasts of the church, and you can see the important ones above my head, most feasts of the church are such that the icons remain the same year to year, century to century, with one exception. And that is the icon of all saints. Because as new saints are discovered, as new saints are revealed, as more saints, as more people are sanctified, so the icon grows, as we incorporate more people. Once, when as a when as a young priest, we had we put out the saint the icon of all the saints of North America, and there were three. And was, I thought, wow, isn't that great? Well, now the saints of America require a big board. And I thought, this is marvelous because our sainthood is growing. And so that is our challenge, my brothers and sisters, to follow in the f- footsteps of these great saints so that we, in our turn, may be added to the icon of all saints and be able to praise our God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you. Let us all say with our whole song, with our whole mind, let us say.